Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Ghoul Britannia, a twisted tour of British law. I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm Kylie. Today we are going to be discussing a rather creepy and unsettling local legend, and one which has defied explanation for quite some time. It could be a ghost, or it could be a cryptid. Might even be a combination of the two. Nobody's really sure. This is the Man Monkey of Shropshire Union Canal. <laughs> Sorry, just um, yeah. I think the name is um interesting. Yeah, I have to admit it's really hard to say Man Monkey with any kind of gravitas. The Man Monkey coming soon to Disney Plus. But the, the Man Monkey. It's actually quite a scary little story, I think. It's just unfortunate that that's its name. Yeah, if you're trying to make a film of this, you'd have to change it for sure, wouldn't you? It's got um, not really the right vibes for a for a ghost story. It's like if DreamWorks were trying to make The Avengers. God, don't say that. Um, before we get started, please remember that you can find today's story on the Spooky Isles, so www.spookyisles.com if you would like to read it through after you have listened to the podcast. If you do still need a spooky fix after today, then please head over there and have a look at some of the articles. They are really entertaining. And so, as in episode one, I will start by telling the story. Afterwards, Kylie and I will give our thoughts on entertainment value, fright factor and believability, and we'll generally explore some of the history, have a bit of a chat, and see where we would put this one, whether it falls under flesh-crawling horror or lullaby. So without further ado, here is <clears throat> The Man Monkey of Shropshire Union Canal. Many of Britain's canals are home to strange, unearthly towers. None, though, can match the reputation of Shropshire Union Canal, particularly when you come to Bridge 39. This is where the unlucky, or the unwary, may find themselves face to face with an enormous, inhuman creature. The Man Monkey of Shropshire Union Canal. The name may sound innocuous. It might even be a little amusing. But those who have encountered this creature have found nothing about the experience to be funny. There are two explanations for the Man Monkey. The first is that it is a wild animal, which broke free of captivity and roams along the water. The other is thoroughly supernatural. The man-monkey is a ghost, the spirit of an unlucky worker who drowned in the canal sometime in the 19th century, and whose confused shade is now trapped in this bestial form. The man-monkey was first reported on the 8th of December 1878. Late in the evening, a woman went to visit her neighbour in Madley Wood. Meaning only to visit briefly, the woman left the door to her home open a crack, with the fire still burning in the living room. That proved to be a mistake. When the woman returned home, she found the door wide open. Her nerves jangling, she crept into the living room. She recoiled in terror. There. Crouching over the dying fire 
was a huge, hairy creature, dark grey in colour. The woman was too terrified to cry out. She fled. Not long after, she returned with her neighbours, all armed with pitchforks and pokers, but the creature was long gone. At the time, the encounter was explained away rationally. It was a gorilla, locals said, which had escaped from a travelling menagerie near Bridge North six weeks previously. This, however, was not the last time the man-monkey was to be encountered. The explanation that this was a flesh-and-blood animal was about to be thrown into doubt. The following year, a travelling labourer was passing by Bridge 39 on horseback. Just before he reached the canal, he was attacked. A strange, black creature, huge, with enormous white eyes, leapt out from the bushes and landed on the back of his horse. The labourer swiped at the beast with his whip, but the weapon passed straight through. The man fell from the horse and dropped his whip to the ground. His terrified mount bolted, with the creature still clinging to its back. Frightened half to death, the labourer ran to a nearby town, taking refuge in the inn for the next few days. Once his courage built back up, he continued on his journey. When he reached the bridge again, he found his whip exactly where he had dropped it. Sightings continued for years. Unfortunately, none were recorded, but the creature or ghost was well known enough that, in 2002, British waterways asked the public for their stories of the man-monkey. They received a response from a tourist who had visited the canal in the 1980s. The man claimed to have been travelling along the canal with his family. He took the tiller, leaving his wife and children to prepare lunch inside the boat. Glancing up at the bridge, he froze. He saw a huge black monkey staring down at him. The boat passed under the bridge. Once it emerged on the other side, the creature was gone. The man-monkey remains a mystery. If it is simply a gorilla, how did the whip pass through it? And how did it appear again? More than a century after its first appearance. Perhaps it really is a ghost, trapped in the form of a huge hairy beast. Or perhaps it is something else. Something far more bizarre, and far harder to explain away. There we have it. Right. Kylie, got your tea ready? Ooh, I have. Fantastic. Then pass the shortbread and let's get into it. What would, what do you think about this story? Okay, well firstly I have to really admire the way you said man monkey every single time because I don't think I could have done that with a straight face and I'm not sure I'll be able to get through the rest of this episode without a few laughs about that. Yeah, thank you. You you have no idea how many retakes I had to do. Normally it takes me about an hour to record and maybe another hour or so to edit these stories. That one took me about twice as long. Mm, Yeah, well, I don't blame you, to be honest. How did you say this? How would you say this worked for entertainment value? Well, I think it's a very interesting concept. You know, I mean, 
wild beast running around, disappearing into the darkness. Uh, it's not your run-of-the-mill ghost, is it? You know, white sheet, scary groaning, one of those handkerchiefs tied up over your head. Like It's quite aggressive, actually, the, the man-monkeys. It's quite a violent little git. <laughs> like your regular old toddler then, really, isn't he? I have to admit, I did consider that. With the whole jumping on the horse and just flailing at the guy riding it, that just sounds like what, what our toddlers do every morning when it's school time. Um, yeah, I mean, could you see this one being adapted into some kind of short novel or maybe like a short TV feature just as a little bit of a Halloween special? Oh, yeah, it does have that sort of kind of penny dreadful ring to it, doesn't it? Like just a little ghoulish tale, probably beloved by the Victorians. They were into all sorts, weren't they? No, I can see it being um, being quite an interesting little story for someone. And it is a Victorian story as well, actually. So, yeah, definitely. It definitely is very Victorian. You can certainly see this being in one of the Penny Dreadfuls. It's... I, I actually like how unique it is. You, you get stories of hauntings, you get stories of cryptids, but... I've never really come across a cryptid quite like this one. Mm, no, no, it's a very interesting one. Of course, there's all sorts of um, wild beasts roaming the countryside in stories. Um, they probably have been for years. Beast of Burford, I believe, is one. A creepy sort of bear slash leopard creature. Big cat, isn't it? Big cat. I don't know. You know, it depends who sees him. My dad saw it once, apparently. Um said it was a bear never forgotten that one that's the thing with cryptids they usually leave well enough alone if people see a big cat or some kind of big scary animal that they can't categorize like most animals they don't really want to come too near to people so they tend to do a runner this one full-on assaulted a guy and went into somebody's house if we believe the story i mean imagine that you've gone out you've left your door open because it's presumably a different time and you don't have enough valuables for anyone to bother burgling you. Oh no, somebody took my single sock with one penny. Yes, yeah, so imagine that though. You come home and you find a monster in your house. I mean, how many horror stories and films and all sorts have been written with that concept of there's something in the house, how do we get away from it? No, no, you're right. That is a very common theme in stories. I mean, it's probably quite a primal fear I think that something invades your space especially if it's coming in from the outside into your space whereas most ghost stories would be oh it already lives in your house whereas this is oh it's come into my house it's something else that's turned up here it's not your regular haunted house situation is it it's a a home invasion yeah absolutely and then there's the bit on the road as well um where it attacks a man who's on his journey now traveling ghosts and cryptids and all sorts of spooky things when you're traveling it's a liminal space where you're transitioning from one state to another and that's often where you might find these kind of reports mm-hmm. yeah no that's true it's definitely classic roadside story you can you can see this being told in like an inn or something or a pub for people people probably on their journey from one place to another they've probably left their home or going back to their home so, you know, that sort of fear would be present in your house, I think, if you've been away for a while. Funny you say about it being an inn. Where do you think this story started? Ooh, could it be an inn? Yep. So the guy that 
did a runner um, who lost his horse, ran to the nearest town, he ran to the inn, and he started telling anybody who would listen to him about this beast he had encountered. Um, the story about the woman in her house, while it was published, probably wouldn't have gained so much traction had he not had this experience about a year later. There are other stories that were recorded that I couldn't really fit into the, the recording. It would have taken too too much time. Um, but there have been lots of sightings, most of them quite inconsequential. Um, it's usually just, hmm, there's a strange beast up on that bridge, and then it's gone. Um, so, yes, it, it did allegedly attack a man, but that's not the way it normally works. It doesn't usually make a habit of beating up tourists. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, that makes sense. Maybe it's because I'm of that 80s, early 90s gaming generation that I just imagine... You know how everything these days has to have a dark, gritty, modern remake? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, nothing can just be a nice story. Nothing can be happy or colourful. It has to be dark and gritty and serious. So I'm imagining this as, like, the modern-day gritty reboot of Donkey Kong. <laughs> you know what? I'd pay to see that, actually. So, entertainment, I, I think this is quite a fun story. I like how unique it is. I like that it does a little bit more than just appear and then, then slink away. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely original. So how about Fear Factor? We have touched on this, but would you say that this is pulse racing with terror, or would you say that this is a snooze fest? No, no, I like it, actually. Apart from the unfortunate um, title, I think it's actually a pretty scary story. Yeah, um... So what what would you say is creepy about it? What what really makes your skin crawl? Yeah, so um, I don't know, I guess the idea of something actually coming into your house to get you. I mean, isn't that classic slasher fit, flick even now? Sort of like if Michael Myers, instead of picking up a William Shatner mask, had picked up a gorilla mask. Yeah, exactly. Exactly like that. I actually find the bit on the road more frightening because when he goes into the house, he's just warming himself. Or it's just warming itself by the fire. It's not really doing anything or presenting a, th a threat and then by the time she comes back it's gone but the bit on the road is quite frightening actually because the guy's just going along his merry business and suddenly this thing it comes flying out of, out of the trees, grabs hold of his horse and is just wailing on him Well I feel bad for the horse as well really, I mean it can't be much fun can it? We don't know what happened to the horse but it ran off into the bushes with this thing still on its back it can't have been a good ending I mean, what surprises me most, really, is that a man monkey can ride a horse. Because who taught him to do that? What, didn't you see Planet of the Apes? <laughs> Those monkeys are great riders. Oh, gosh, has anyone seen Shang-Chi lately? That was a great film. Um, yeah, definitely go check that out if you haven't seen it already. I mean, if they could get those monkeys to act... Yeah, so fear factor's definitely there. I mean, if you're being told the story and you happen to be around the canal, it's going to make you look over your shoulder, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I like that it's so localised as well. Like, this is a real proper story about that place over there, you know, which everybody listening would know exactly where they meant. There was probably some reason for it being there. I mean... Walking by a canal at night is pretty creepy and scary anyway, to be honest. You've got the dark still water, usually trees. 
Um, no lighting, obviously, in those days. Um, probably a lot of weird noises coming from up and down. I mean, I suppose they would have got a lot of travellers at that point going up and down the river. So who knows what sort of noises, um, vagabonds you could come across down there. You know, maybe this is a particularly creepy bit of canal as well. Maybe it's the darkest bit or the, you know, most nefarious bit. Who knows? Yeah, everybody listening would have known exactly what what spot this happened in. So they could point at it and go, look there, that's where that happened. Um, it's very overgrown, bushes on either side really encroaching into the space. So, yeah, it would, it would definitely be dark, it would be creepy. Um, and it's a fairly unique bridge that really stands out. So if you want, if you had a landmark, chances are you're going to say that's where this thing happened. So, Kylie, you didn't really grow up in an area where there were that many canals no, no, they're um, not really familiar to me at all, um, like they would be to you. So I'm, I'm from the Midlands, and oh god, the place is crawling with canals. So one of the things I really like about this story is that it's a slightly different setting. It's not just a haunted house, it's not ruins, it's not a haunted pub, for example. The sorts of places where you go to find ghost stories all the time. It's a canal, it's somewhere that you might not realise exists unless you actually make the effort to go down to it so the canals they they were britain's absolute lifeblood at one point they were the only way that supplies and trade could reach certain settlements but they've not been needed so much in modern times we're able to send things along a motorway so the canals they're still there but they're mostly forgotten they're just these empty spaces and they're really creepy they they feel abandoned um you do still get the odd boat going down them you get some people who live on those boats and some people who just um, who do drive them for a living, but they're far emptier than they would have been a hundred years ago. You get some not very nice things that happen, then because they're not maintained, they're not lit, they're not really watched over. You do get people going down and dealing drugs, and you get assaults and all sorts of not very nice stuff going on. Um, but also, canals. Generally, every bit of canal has its own legend and its own mythos that surrounds it you get some not very nice things that happen then because they're not maintained they're not lit they're not really watched over you do get people going down and dealing drugs and you get assaults and all sorts of not very nice stuff going on um but also canals generally every bit of canal has its own legend and its own mythos that surrounds it and mostly the stories are fairly interchangeable it's usually somebody drowned here and they're a ghost now um even this one has an element of that because the man monkey potentially is somebody who drowned. Um, but it's far more unique in that he doesn't just come back as a shade of himself. He comes back as a big beast. Mm, yeah, no, that is definitely unique. I mean, usually usually drowning stories um, tends to be, what, sort of pale girl, long hair, that type of thing. It's almost always a woman, isn't it, when it's a drowning? In this case, it was a, a fellow who worked on the canal and fell in and drowned. When you usually think of sort of drowned spirits, they've usually got this kind of ethereal quality to them, haven't they? I'm thinking of, like, is it the Vila from, from Russian mythology, who um sort of pale women, long hair. It's usually that kind of, you know, a bit sort of naiad-type spirits. They're probably trying to drag you into the water covered in weeds that type of 
you know, very specifically female water-based creature. Whereas this one, this is a guy who drowned, came back as a as a monkey type creature and runs up and down on the road. You know, it's very different. It's very um Midlandsy, I think. <laughs> I'm not even sure how to take that. Ah, oh, well, having known quite a few people from the Midlands, um, people down there, very matter of fact, um, very um, yeah, not really in touch with the whole sort of ethereal spirit type thing. But I mean, you know, what was it down there? It was labourers. It was the heart of the of the industrial revolution in a way. It was. It's called the Black Country because. There were so many fires burning and so much coal produced and everything that the sky was black with smoke. That's right, isn't it? Yep. It was called, it said that the sky was black by day and red by night. It is actually really interesting that drowned ghosts are so often women. Um, a lot of the time it seems to be suicides within different legends and folklore that the poor despairing spurned lover who threw himself into the water, for example. Mm-hmm, that's right. I can imagine it quite being sort of, sort of poetically tragic way to go in a story. It just, you know, it sounds a bit more, um, a bit more passive, I think, than, than other things might be. So I don't think that would have worked on a canal in a, the industrial centre of the UK. I th- no, no, no. I think we're definitely... Um, talking murder and violence here or, or just bad luck maybe yeah maybe maybe he was drunk on his way back from maybe he was on his way back from that inn maybe he fell in maybe he was just crap at his job <laughs> maybe that but i think from the nature of the story the violent nature of the story the violent nature of the man monkey um that to me suggests a bad ending yeah it does doesn't it and certainly if you were to try and really makes sense of it all it does which makes it a little bit more frightening i think that this isn't just a passive ghost like you said it's not passive this is potentially an, aggra- an aggressive creature or an aggressive spirit how well known would monkeys have been around this era in this part of the country it's not very recreational so it's not got a lot of people going to zoos um, these aren't rich people so they're not going to be traveling abroad or having fancy pets or anything. So it makes me wonder, did they really know much about monkeys or gorillas in this situation? I mean, remember that most of the transport back then would have been done by water. So I imagine a lot of people, when they had travelling menageries, would have spent some of that journey on the, on the canals and on the rivers. Oh, yeah. But I just wonder, like, how familiar would these people have been with a monkey? Is it is the idea of it being a monkey or a gorilla important? Or is it more the fact that it's a big, hairy beast? Like, could this be the man-wolf or the man-bear? You know, what is is the monkey aspect actually that important? Or is it just the fact that it's a beast? Really good point. And actually, on that note, shall we move on to the believability then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, before I tell you any more background... Um, I actually don't have a lot more background to tell you, but before I tell you any more, do you think this is quite a plausible story, or or do you think it's hogwash? (laughs) Well, you know, I think it is quite plausible in a way. Not in the sort of, oh, a large gorilla just broke into my house and then chased me down the road. Well, you know, I think it is quite plausible in a way. Not in the sort of, oh, a large gorilla just broke into my house and then chased me down the road. 
but these are very real fears that these people would have had at this time. People breaking into your home, people chasing you on the road, um, people being hairy and unwashed. You know, it's it's a situation that is perfectly believable. Um, the only difference is really that it's a supernatural beast that's doing it rather than a person. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, that there may have just been some particularly unwashed, horrible bandit running around doing this. I'm sure there were plenty of them around there at that point. So the story that it was a gorilla, um, we know that there was a gorilla that had escaped from captivity a few days, I think it was, before the lady had the experience in her house. Oh, right. Okay. Well, this changes things. So there was a travelling menagerie, uh, basically a travelling zoo, that was passing through Bridge North, which is not an awful long way away. Um, and they put out an announcement in a local publication to say, hey, our gorilla's gone missing. If you see it, please do tell us. Mm, yeah, this seems very relevant to this story. Yeah, so a few days later, this lady has this experience with the man monkey. And, and at the time, nobody really jumped to a supernatural conclusion. It's funny, if you read the um, article that it was originally in, um, nobody said, oh, it's a ghost at this point. Everybody just said, oh, we think it's the gorilla that has escaped. So the incident with the lady who came across the man monkey in her home, that was reported on the 8th of December 1878, like I said earlier. Um, that was in Sheldrake's Aldershot and Sandhurst Military Gazette. Um, and that was not a few days. I, I was wrong on that count. It was, and I've just looked it up. It was six weeks after the gorilla had allegedly escaped that this incident happened. Mm, okay, well, um, that's still within very recent time frame. Perhaps probably makes it more likely because people would have been speculating and wondering about what happened to this gorilla and where was it? Is it if it's been missing for six weeks already? I mean, it could be anywhere. It could be in your house, you know. I mean, the incident in the house happened 15 miles away from Bridge North, where the gorilla was lost. So, easy distance to cover in six weeks. Oh, yes, absolutely, especially for a um, gorilla. I mean, you could cover that distance in a day if you really wanted to and you knew where you were going. But if we just assume for the moment that it was a gorilla, it's escaped, it's gone into the wild, it's probably just cruising around the area and just exploring and going where it needs to go for warmth and food. So, yeah, at the time... Nobody assumed it was supernatural in any way. Everybody thought, thought it was a gorilla. It was only the incidents afterwards when it was thought that actually there was something more supernatural about this. How how believable would you say the incident on the road is? Like, Do you think there was some kind of wild gorilla or do you think it was some kind of supernatural beast or ghost? What do you think? Oh, gosh. Um... Well, like I said already, I think it's very plausible that there was an incident. I think it's probably very easy in this situation. You're in the dark, something attacks you. You're not going to go home and go, oh, it's some weedy guy, are you? You're going to hype this up. No, it wasn't one man. It was three. That's why I couldn't fight them. But in this situation, it could be, no, it just wasn't one guy. No, it was a gorilla. That's why he beat me up and took my horse. He started throwing barrels at me. <laughs> barrels! How... How believable would you say the incident on the road is? Like, Do you think there was some kind of wild gorilla, or do you think it was some kind of supernatural beast or ghost? What do you think? Oh, gosh. Um, well, like I said already, I think it's very plausible that there was an incident. 
I think it's probably very easy in this situation. You're in the dark, something attacks you. You're not going to go home and go, oh, it's some weedy guy, are you? You're going to hype this up. No, it wasn't one man. It was three. That's why I couldn't fight them. But in this situation, it could be, no, it just wasn't one guy. No, it was a gorilla. That's why he beat me up and took my horse. He started throwing barrels at me. <laughs> barrels! Mm, yeah, no, that is true, actually. Um, and I wonder, were there any... Is there any others in between, or is it just these two? There were quite a lot, but most of them aren't written down, so... That's a difference. It, like, that makes it difficult then, doesn't it, to verify it? But also, this is what happens, really. This is local legend. People don't usually write these things down. These are stories to tell. Um, at the end of the day, in the pub, the fire's getting low, everybody's sitting around. What else are you going to come out with? You know, everyone's a bit bored. Oh, by the way... Jeff saw the man monkey last week. Did you hear about it? You know? Yeah, very true. But let's not forget that the tourist in the 80s wasn't local to the area. Mm, yes, that's true, actually. And the man monkey is not very well known outside of Shropshire. I had a vague awareness of it just because of growing up where I did. But really, unless you specifically look on the paranormal database or you Google the man monkey, having had a flash of inspiration... You're not going to know it exists. Yeah. Reported it in 2002, so chances are he'd looked it up afterwards. And at the time, although he says he saw what he described as a big black monkey figure, there's every chance that at the time he just looked up and went, yeah, that was weird, strange shape. And it was only after he'd researched it that he came to the conclusion that it was the man monkey. I'll be honest, I think the incident with the drowning man probably did happen. Um, a lot of people probably drowned working on the canal. Um, either through accident or through foul play or just through being a bit worse for wear, it probably was so common that it wouldn't have been recorded. So there is no official report of a man drowning in the in the canal around about this time or previously to the man monkey. But that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means it was probably quite common and wasn't really worth reporting. I think it's probably less likely that it was the same creature in every one of them. Um, gorillas obviously don't live for a century. Most humans don't live for a century, and we're longer lived than they are. Um, but I do think that something happened. Most legends have a nugget of truth at their beginning. The rational side of me says, no, it, it probably isn't actually that. It's probably just a vagabond or an escaped animal. But part of me just really wants to believe that it actually is a ghost that wanders around in horrible bestial form. I like it. I think it's um, I think it's a really fun little story, actually. And as much as probably not a half human, half monkey walking around, I think it's as believable as you're going to get of this type of story. There we go. And I'd just like to point out that you've gotten through most of that and barely laughed at the name Man Monkey. So well done. Oh, I've been laughing internally. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh God, it's just oh, it's such a good story and such a shame that that's his name. We will just finish up with a few quick notices. Um, like I said earlier, the story is available to read on Spooky Isles website, so please do have a look on www.spookyisles.com. Um, not just at our stories, but there are a ton of other fun articles on there. Really entertaining, really spooky. And a massive thanks to David over at the Spooky Isles. On that note, we will bid you adieu. And if you do want to contact us, please do either on Instagram or Reddit, or email us ghoulbritannia at yahoo.com. Until next time, take care. Yeah, bye.